Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, we're back. This is Richard and Linda Ayer with Ayers on the Road. And we are always happy when we can come on and visit with all of you. And we want to actually say something kind of strange. We, we, we feel a love for all of you folks that listen to us once a week. And we hope, not so much that we teach you anything, but that something we say stimulates some part of your brain and your spirit and, and makes you think a little more about the most important thing in your life and in our life, which is our families. So... Thanks for joining us. I think we're, we've got a really interesting show today, Linda, because we're calling it Spiritual Solutions to Parenting. And I think a lot of us don't think of parenting as a real spiritual process. <laughs> boy, it is, though, especially when you need help. When there's a crisis with a child, boy, the first place you go is to your knees. In fact, let us just read alternately some of the things parents face. And as we read this list... See if you think it sounds spiritual. <laughs> Here we go. Pornography. Violence. Drugs. Alcohol. All of the above in movies and video games. Peer pressure. Bullying. Entitlement. Sexual experimentation. Sexual abuse. Too much time on the internet. Excessive texting and promiscuous sexting. Gender identification. Nutrition, weight, and eating disorders. Self-esteem. Friends and bad and bad friends. Desire to learn, motivation in school. Being responsible. Learning to work. Handling money. Grades. ADHD. Rudeness and disrespect. Sibling rivalries and jealousies. Dishonesty. Sharing and working with others. Obedience. Self-discipline. Safety. Making good choices. Caring about being sensitive to other people. Discovering talents and aptitudes. Staying on task. Setting goals. Getting spoiled by grandparents. Growing up too fast. Insecurity. Not fitting in. Feeling left out. Whining. Complaining. Interactive. Being not wanting to go to do the things with your family rebellion oh, we man, could you go probably on thought that was a pretty <laughs> long list and you know what it really all those things do touch our lives with our children it is really um scary to raise a child because there's so many um, <laughs> outside forces that and, are coming in and most people reading that list or listening to that list wouldn't say whoa those are really spiritual things they'd say i need help i need practical solutions i need answers i need you know what we're going to tell you today though is that sometimes the very depth and multitude and number of issues that we face as parents with our children sometimes makes us have to go beyond regular solutions. We have to look for something bigger than ourselves. We have to have some kind of help from a higher power. We have to have a spiritual solution to some of these for the simple reason that they're too big to handle otherwise. They are. And if you look at the polls, you you see that is it 92% of people believe in a higher power? In some higher power, and yet we don't appeal to that higher power often enough in terms of our children. Listen to this little sentence. Our parenting issues and challenges sometimes feel so overwhelming and so unique to us that we wonder if anyone else has ever faced them, and we get so caught up in the world's solutions that we sometimes forget to turn to the Lord for solutions as fully as we should. 
You know, um, I think what we have to try to understand, and, and again, Linda, you mentioned that a big majority of Americans, and it's a little lower in some other countries, but they believe in some form of higher power, but there are a group within that group, and it's a large portion, who actually refer to that higher power as Father, Heavenly Father. We pray to a father, we pray to a parent, we pray to a, not just a force, but something that we personalize by calling God father or parent. And that's, the, that's where we want to start today, that perhaps the way to approach some of the complex problems we feel as parents with our children is simply to realize maybe we're not the real parent. Maybe God is the real parent, and we... Sounds funny to say, but we're kind of the babysitters here on this little planet. And the one who really knows what our children need, we say our children, who really knows what his or what God's children needs, is God. And we need to avail ourselves of deeper meaning. I mean, maybe that's why Lincoln once said, there are times when I'm driven to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I have nowhere else to go. Have you ever felt that way as a parent? Oh, wow, haven't we all? I do have to say that in our church, and we are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, our children, as teenagers, 16, 17, 18 usually, uh, get something called a patriarchal blessing. And it is given by a man who has been called and set apart to give these blessings to our children because he has a direct connection to heaven. Very spiritual process. It is amazing. And I, during this pandemic, I've spent a lot of time going through our children's blessings. And wow, have I ever been connected to them and to their spiritual lives. He it's a way to see them as God sees them and it's been such a marvelous experience. Well, and that is the key to what we're saying today is that whatever your belief level is, if you have any faith in any higher power, then it's a natural thing to try to raise your sights a little and to view your child not as a genetic creation of you and your spouse, but as someone that has a spirit himself or herself, these little babies, these little children. Right, and, and we believe they came from another existence and they kind of were who, who, who they are. I mean, they were the same there as they are now, but they come here to learn and progress. And well, and that, and that perspective change, that paradigm shift, but you're also a spirit and your spirit is equal to me, it's as old as my spirit, and therefore I owe you some respect. And even if they're not babies, even if they're rebellious and naughty sometimes, that's the time when we really do have to remember that they are really very special people from God. And I think you, Linda, have mentioned this a lot before, and I think all mothers and, and a lot of fathers have had this experience where you look into an infant's eyes, a baby, a newborn, and something just tells you there is a soul, there is a spirit, and, and that is a good start for parenting. And we've talked about it before, but William Wordsworth's wonderful po poem, poem that is an imitation of life, I think it's called, anyway, Intimations of Life. 
Um, but he ends this beautiful poem of trailing clouds of glory we come from God who is our home and then the last sentence is heaven lies about us in our infancy and you can see that and I love that there's nothing like being in a delivery room with a new baby or in a bathtub in a living room um, and listen to this paragraph apply what we know about where our children come from and discover their unique eternal personalities Understand that our children are actually our spiritual siblings and we should respect them as well as love them. That can make such a difference. We've taught that to parents and seen almost an instantaneous change in a parent who, instead of thinking of this little irritating child who's driving them crazy, who they sort of think of as their own, their genetic creation, the minute they shift that paradigm and say, wait, 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 this is actually my sister right and brother because we both came from God it's not so easy to think about when they're three and they're having a temper tantrum you're right but it is so much easier now that our children have grown and left home they are smarter than we are we have to admit it <laughs> we have to admit and, it. Uh, it they are so fun to talk to as equals and as siblings so think of this little sentence the perspective of knowing who our children really are should change and enhance how we raise them more than any parenting method or technique ever could. I really believe that. I really believe that sort of thinking in a spiritual level and respecting a child as a fellow spirit, a fellow soul with you, probably impacts how we parent, how a person parents more than all the parenting books and all the ideas and all the techniques and all the methods in the world because it changes how you view your children. Well, I have to say during the pandemic, one of the best things that's happened to me is a Zoom call every week with our daughters and daughters-in-law. It, it has been so fun. Um, there are four of each, four daughters, four daughters-in-law. We are really blessed and they are all amazing people, all very different come from. The in-laws, of course, come from different backgrounds, but I feel like they are part of me. They are so great to deal with. I mean, everybody has issues. We all have issues. But it is so fun to connect with them once a week. We do usually a podcast, and then we just talk about it together. And I, I absolutely, it not only are they equals, they exceed my expectations as far as what they know. They're brilliant. It's so fun. And what we're saying is you can actually do that in a way with a baby or a toddler, you can begin to think of them as someone who's worthy of respect and who is a spirit and a soul as well as a, a little child. And one thing you've done, Linda, that I think has enormously helped both of us respect our children and sort of know who they are is you've kept a personal journal, not a journal, that's the wrong word, it's like an ongoing letter to a child where you're writing about that child as they grow up in a special book that you're going to give to them and in our case you now have given to them when they get married and move on to their own family. I have to say, whew, I'm so glad I said their heads now because... <laughs> Think um, of the work you put in I did that. put a lot. I used to take them with me and uh, even though I very seldom carry books on the plane, I just now I just have a Kindle because we just travel so much. but. But then I took their books with me and wrote in hotel rooms and wrote as we went along and just what we're doing and how much I love them and what, how they were progressing and growing and so on. With a few uh, pictures thrown in there. Well, and, and what that was is it was, a, it was a, 
I mean, I don't know if you thought of it this way at the time, you were thinking it would be a great gift to them, but it was a, a disciplined, deliberate exercise in getting to know who they really are. As you wrote, dear, dear Saren, you're three years old today as I watched you at your birthday party, blah, 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 and you're, you're, you're getting into your soul who they are and what you know about them, which is powerful because they're all different. We have to parenting them all differently, and you're figuring out who they are by writing it down. What a great gift that is. And when you, I, one of my favorite moments at each of their marriages is seeing you hand them this gift which they've never seen before, which is a record of their life through their mother's eyes. Well, and I hope that I've reflected some of that without them knowing that I was writing about them in their everyday lives because it's helpful as they go along. Somebody said, Linda, you should give it to them every day. But, um, and it, it's not a masterpiece. It's just kind of, you know, scrawled out and in a funny old book. In fact, the very first one we bought, um, Richard was so mad because I paid the same price for it as people pay for our books with lots beautiful. of work in it. Beautiful, it was a beautiful it. book, and <laughs> but, you made it beautiful by but, writing um, in it. Anyway, they, they are they are appreciated. Well, we're going to go to a break in just a minute, but you've got the idea that we're talking today on ours on the road about getting to know our children spiritually and finding spiritual parenting solutions. We're going to give you four, five parenting solutions. We've just gotten started. Number one is remembering your children's true identity. Number two is... Remembering God's parenting patterns. We can learn by how God parents. And remember your direct channel to the real parent through prayer is, is solution three. And remember that our life at the church is just scaffolding. What, what we do at our homes is really so important. Get help from your church or your faith. And number five, remember to trust Jesus, if you're a Christian. So we'll be right back after this break and talk more about spiritual solutions for parenting. Hang on. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers on the Road. We are having fun today talking about spiritual solutions to help our children. Spiritual Solutions for Everyday Parenting Challenges. Solution number two is to remember to follow the example of how God parents us. That may sound like a, a strange thing. How are we going to be parents like God? But we can learn from, think about, let, let's say I have you think about maybe 10 things that people of faith, almost all people of faith, would agree God does with regard to us, and as we read through them, think of whether you could apply these same principles in terms of how you parent your children. In other words, God in a way, we, we've mentioned we refer to him as Heavenly Father or as a Heavenly Parent. He treats us in certain ways. Can we follow that example in how we think of and treat our children? So number one. God grants us complete unconditional love. Number two, God sees and treats each child as a unique and eternal individual. Number three, God gives clear, simple laws with well-announced consequences, rewards, and punishments. Are you seeing how you can apply each of these to your parenting? Number four, God allows his children the chance to repent. Right, we'll go into that. Number <clears throat> five, God taught us 
and trained us to hold us close together, to hold us close throughout our pre-mortal life. And then he gave us choices and let us go. He gave, he gave us agency. There comes a time as a parent when you have to let children start making their own choices. Number six, God trusts his children and is completely trustworthy for his children. Um, sometimes that's hard with a two-year-old. Right, right. Um, seven, God gives us stewardships. Eight, God has a plan of happiness for his children. We need to do the same. Uh, nine, God gives us written advice in the form of scripture. Now, have you ever given written advice to your children? Because sometimes it's the most powerful kind of advice you can ever do. And it sort of guarantees they'll remember it for a while. <laughs> well, we give written things on birthdays and so on, and you are the writer of the world. So maybe, you've done that a lot. maybe the most important one is number ten. God allows us constant availability to Him through prayer and suggests regular communication. And we well, need to so give true. regular access, constant access, to our children. So I really think that second spiritual solution. Again, the first one is recognizing who your children really are. The second spiritual solution is, is remembering to follow the same pattern of parenting that God does. And the third spiritual solution is maybe in some ways the most important one, remembering that you have a direct channel. You have access to the greatest parenting consultant in the world or in the universe and that, and that is God. Do we pray enough and do we pray hard enough? Um, I, love, I love what Tennyson, Alfred Lord Tennyson said about prayer. More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. Isn't that a great, simple, direct quote? Uh, more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. Parents who pray about their children, even and some are very spiritual, religious people who pray all the time for their children. Others are much less spiritual and maybe don't go to church every Sunday, but have some kind of faith on some level. And there's nothing that causes a, a person to pray more and to pray more earnestly than the love he has for a child and the problem a child's having or his, his own, his or her own need to do better as a parent. That's a natural prayer because we see God as a parent and he knows everything, not only about us, but about our children. He can give us answers. You know, this reminds me of when we were traveling a lot and we were traveling in the Muslim world and the Buddhist world and um, the Sikh world and so many interesting cultures and so on. And so often parents said to me, I am praying for this child. I am praying. We think sometimes Muslims only pray to Allah in the temples, and no, that's not true, or in the mosques, I should say. Um, but that is not true. Every parent Every prays parent. for their children. Well, re listen to this little paragraph, because this really captures it. Understand that we are mere mortal babysitters who can apply directly to the real parent, appeal directly to the real parent. Could there ever be a more effectual and answer-deserving prayer than this? Father, help me to understand and do what is best for thy child. For this thy child. So that's a powerful, that's the, the spiritual solution number three, is, is just to pray more, just to understand that God really is there 
and that he really will answer prayers sometimes. Uh, again, as Lincoln said, we, we go to our knees because we're convinced we have nowhere else to go. Sometimes we're at our wits' end. Sometimes, you know, the old, the old saying, if you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. That's how a lot, of, a lot of us feel as parents when our children are having a crisis or when they're driving us crazy. And, you know, sometimes you have to hang on for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just say a prayer and say, please fix this kid and it's going to work. I mean, no. there's so, such a long process and sometimes it's years hanging on before you see answers to your well, prayers. Well, some, some people refer to, to real fervent prayer as a wrestle, wrestling with the Spirit, wrestling to get an answer, wrestling to understand focusing sometimes prayers for children go on for days sometimes they're just constant as we try to find a solution but gradually there is spiritual help there and we can begin to get insights and what what insight would you rather have would you rather read a parenting book and find some method and say oh this sounds great i'm going to try it or would you rather be in prayer and have a spiritual feeling come to you specific to you, specific for your child, that gives you an idea of how you might help that child, or it gives you insight as to why that child is the way he is. Think how powerful that is. Right, and you know, sometimes our prayers are so pleading and urgent. We, ha- we know a friend, a, a woman who we love very much, whose son decided not to go to church anymore, he's not involved at all, but um, he, uh, found a wonderful girlfriend, and um, they are just so right on as far as their relationship. They're doing so great. And I think sometimes we need to just let them use their free agency, go through it, and then in the end, life is long. I keep saying life is long. That's my motto for my kids. Life is long. It's not short. It's long. That was your a motto for us as parents when life. we were when we were struggling. That this yeah. will get better, you know. Well, our life is long. <laughs> yeah. When the kids yeah. were all home, but it really is true that we can't expect answers to our prayers, you know, immediately. Sometimes it takes a very long time, and sometimes it takes going on to the next life for people to figure things out. But that is the ultimate spiritual solution, is, is of course, prayer in whatever way that you see it. So that's the third spiritual solution. The fourth one is to remember you've got some help. And, you know, this applies particularly to people who have a faith community, who go to a church, um, or a mosque or a synagogue and who who have that support group for their parenting and sometimes that's what you need sometimes you need a group to support you and teach the same values you're teaching and we all know sometimes other people can get through to our children better than we can so if the if they've got a teacher there or a priest or they've got someone who can help that child how grateful are you as a parent to have that support? Yeah, it's wonderful. And, and also other kids there. <clears throat> Not only teachers, but, um, you know, peers. They, they get so much support in a group that it, you can't get at home. And avail yourself of that. Now, if you don't have a faith community, um, we know parents who form little support groups, parenting groups. A lot of times we... we We've seen that unexpectedly. We, so many of you know we are the founders of Joy School, this, this preschool where parents, mostly mothers, form a little group 
and they rotate as the preschool teacher to the children. And we love that and it's worked well for so many years, for so, even several generations now. But the unexpected thing is we found that a lot of these groups of moms, especially in cases where they weren't necessarily members of a church or a faith community, they'd not only rotate as teacher, they'd sit together and help each other solve their children's problems. And, and one mom would say, hey, let me talk to your child about that because maybe I can get through to him better than you. And having the support of other parents is a spiritual solution. It really is. Um, and of course, our most important thing is to solution number five, and maybe it's number one with the stars over it. Right, um, right. Remember the Savior's power because we are, we love the Savior Jesus Christ and for all that he does for us and teaches us and so on, but it is so important to pass it on to our children. Even if they don't believe that as adults, it's still his power that you have when you deal with them. It is so important not only to know that, but to say that. I think um, we, we talked about it a lot with our kids who were home, but we always went to church when I was a child, but I don't remember talking about Jesus. I remember my mother being Christ-like, taking something, helping people all day, every day. And so she obviously loved the Savior, but uh, it's so important to talk about it in the home. Well, let me read you this little, this little paragraph. Use his spirit to guide, his atonement to save, and his priesthood to bless our children. Put simply, the responsibility for others of God's children is more than we can handle on our own. And giving us that responsibility is too big a risk for God to take. So, he does give us the stewardship, but he also surrounds us with supernal help, the light of Christ, the power of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the redeeming, saving power of the atonement. And we know a lot, of, we've met a lot of people who are non-Christians, Linda, who nonetheless see the example of Christ as an important thing in their parenting and who maybe they don't even call it the Spirit, but they know there's some kind of greater help out there that they can avail themselves of. I, I love this, Linda. I think, you know, the, the, one of the biggest mistakes parents make is putting it all on themselves and thinking, I'm, I'm going to sink or swim on my own. It's all on me. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. And somehow we've got to just learn that we can do it. And we learned a lot about that from our mentors. Well, we learned a lot about that by writing this book. Uh, and this book, by the way, is available on Irish Free Books, right? Um, no, it's not. But uh, we're not oh. talking about a book. We're talking about principles here today. And they are really, really powerful. Let's let's review them just before we finish. You can probably hear, hear me turning the pages, getting to the table of contents. And again, five spiritual solutions. Number one, knowing who our children really are. Number two, following God's pattern of parenting, his example of how he parents. Number three, praying, getting direct help from God. Number four, using our faith community to give us help and, and guidance. And number five, tapping into the Savior's power. If we can do that, we're going to all be better parents. I think one of the greatest joys in our life now that our children have all left home and have children of their own, we have 31 grandchildren who are 
all being taught and tutored so beautifully. And we have two more coming. Have we announced that on? Oh my gosh, we got twins coming. We have coming, twins folks. coming in London. We we're are gonna, so excited. We're going to keep you posted on that but on ours parents, on the road. These parents do such a great job of um, doing those things. In fact, maybe better than we did when they, we had them in their our homes. So, in conclusion, you're not alone. Should we sing it? <laughs> no, definitely not. You're not alone. You can do this, and you can get spiritual help on your parenting. We hope you uh, join us again next time on Ayers on the Road. Love y'all. Bye-bye.